All right, Kevin Barker. A uh, fair amount of stuff to unpack from this one. And uh, we want you to help us do that. The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 590, one The Phillies beating the Jays 8-4 to in the first game of a very brief two-game series. Alec Manoa got the start tonight for the Blue Jays. Uh, Kevin, will start there talking about Alec Manoa. As I said, there's a ton to unpack uh, the way this game turned out. But I thought it was pretty clear watching Alec Manoa and, and just watching watching the telecast and seeing the graphic showing where his sliders were ending up for the first two innings. I was waiting for it to all come undone for him in the third inning, and, and I mean, it, it, it just did. Absolutely. Well, again, we talked about this on our show today. It's the sequence. Sorry, get- second time through the order, I meant. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's obviously it's one pitch sort of right. It's setting that pitch up. It's whenever he needs to throw it. It's he just for whatever reason, whether it's rotational, whether it's extension, whether it's mental, which I think it's a combination of all three of those. It just is not going where he wants it to go. It's sort of when you're seeing him throw a righty, a backdoor sinker, you see him throw a changeup in. That is set up pretty for the slider that has late break to it that goes down and away. But for whatever reason, he just can't get it over there. And then you see instead of a three-pitch at bat, you see a seven-pitch at bat. And that's why you see the pitch count go way up. That's why you see the pitches per bat go way up, the pitches per inning go way up. And then you see the four and a third instead of the six and seven innings that we're used to seeing. Until he actually fixes the slider, Jeff, I'm just not real sure how he gets out good hitters. First time through, he can do it with the sinker, uh, the four-seamer. And maybe the occasional changeup, but the second time through, he's going to need it. I mean, he's going to need his best pitch. And until they figure it out, I know Pete Walker and him on the off day were in Philly doing whatever they were doing, trying to get it out front, trying to make it break more, trying to have it go where he wants it to go. And it just not seemed to be working out for him. So just sort of the same old Alec Manoa, right? He gave up four hits, three of those were two strikes. I mentioned that today. That's one of the issues with the slider when you don't have it is when you set it up, which he was setting it up good. He threw enough pitches away in to set that slider up for but again, for whatever reason. Looks to me like it's very rotational. Rotational means when you're going down the mountain, which is pushing off the rubber, it's just you're either too quick with your rotation with your hips or you're not quick enough and your arm's lagging or it's too quick and it's out front. That's why you see sometimes he's choking it off and sometimes it backdoors. It just doesn't break a lot and it looks a lot like a 12-6 breaking ball. So, again, this is sort of the same Alec Manoa all year. It's very frustrating to watch, and I'm sure for Pete Walker, the organization, especially for Manoa, it's getting real frustrating, and I'm sure he's losing a lot of sleep over it. I got some of your comments on this. What's your confidence level in Alec Manoa right now? One to ten. Want to talk about the decision to pinch hit George Springer as well uh, in this game, and of course uh, the bullpen. Trevor Richards going out for the second inning. He couldn't get it done. Nate Pearson looked a little bit like the Nate Pearson we saw in his first go around with this team. But Kevin, I want to stay with Alec Manoa for a minute um, again, and and listen. There are pitchers who are getting called for timer violations. I, I get that. He's mm-hmm. not the only one. But, again, tonight he gets called for a timer violation. I just 
I've got concerns about this battery because you've had one really good start this year out of this group, and I don't pretend to know what the answer is. You know, you cannot have Danny Jansen catch everybody, I don't think. But, Kevin, I'm sorry. May 10th, my opening day starter doesn't get nailed for a timer violation. He he, I'm gonna he, put, he just doesn't. I'm gonna put I'm gonna push back on you a little bit. So so you're telling me that the the reason why Alec Manoa is not throwing the slider where he wants it to go? No 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 no. I'm Kirk? I'm saying I'm saying it is no. I'm not. I'm saying it's symptomatic though of the fact that for whatever reason, I just don't know if Alec Manoa mentally is entirely in this game. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that that that's the reason the slider's ineffective. Clearly, it's not. But it is, I think, a sign of something. It's a sign of something. This is this, I, and and I, I don't pretend to know the answer. But Alec Manoa's games have been way too adventuresome this year. They really have. And I mean, I find that as much of a concern as anything. I I, I really do. I don't like the way the game is run. I don't if like you, the way if, the game is run when that battery's out there. If you if you want to bl- point the blame at Alejandro Kirk, go ahead. I'm I'm going to point the blame at the guy that's holding the baseball. I'm going to point the blame at the guy that finished third in Cy Young voting last year, who had an unbelievable season. I that's who I'm going to p- point the blame to. And I'm sure if you walk up to Alec Manoa, he'll point the blame at himself. It's it's an easy thing to say that the reason, whatever the reason is, and for me, this is just me, I think it's rotational, now it's in his head, and that's why you see sometimes in big moments when he really needs to make that pitch with his best pitch, he's thinking too much. And when you're thinking too much about where everything's going and where everything's supposed to be ending up, and if it ends up here because I've been working on it and I went on the off day standing with my pitching coach trying to figure out how to get it to where it needs to be going, and it's just not going there, and then all of a sudden the pitch timer runs out for me again these dudes are big leaguers like the guy standing on the mound for me controls everything that's going on it seems to me like Kirky and and Manoa are getting the signs quick enough like it seems to me like he's got plenty enough time to stand out there and let the clock run down and try and figure out lanes and and you know release points and and grip and everything that goes into being what Alec Manoa wants to be so yeah look it's I guess you could blame everybody, but I just tend to have a little hard time pointing the blame at the catcher when it's obvious that it's one pitch. Like it's, it's not the whole entire thing. He's 12 for 20 with, with throwing strike one. It's not awful. It's not great. He threw six, three ball. He had six, three ball counts. He had four walks. Two of those scored. He only had one strikeout. You want to know Jeff, why he only had one strikeout? Cause you don't have a slider. When you don't have a slider in the big leagues, which is your best pitch, you don't think the Philadelphia Phillies know that? They know the they get the same exact stats times seventy that we do. So, I mean, good look. And again, there's going to be a lot of pointing the finger, right? You're going to point the finger at John Snyder tonight for the moves that he made. You know, you can point the fingers at that. Like, there's going to be a lot of blame to go around. Well, again, a game like this, a, a, a game like this, there there is going to be a lot of blame to go. Around. Absolutely, you know, and, and and no question, you know, again, and the whole thing with Trevor Richards, and and yeah, that didn't that didn't have an outcome in the game. But again, Trevor Richards getting called for a violation because because he didn't have his warm up pitches done in time. Give me a break. It's not some some nineteen year old kid out there. 
I mean, that's a rule. Everybody knows that rule. Everybody knows it to the point where you don't see that particular interpretation of the rule enforced a great deal. You saw it tonight. And for a team that supposedly pays attention to detail, that's all we heard in spring training, paying attention to the fine, fine details. I did not see that tonight. I did not see that tonight from this team. And that's fair against, you know, against a team that that's a pretty, against a team that that's, that's a pretty good team. This isn't the Pittsburgh Pirates. You're not facing the Pittsburgh Pirates. If you go to the world series, you're going to be facing teams like the Philadelphia Phillies. And um, anyhow, uh, eight, four, the Phillies won. John Schneider just finished his media availability. We got to the phones. The numbers are four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. John Schneider talking about Alec Manoa. Some good ones, some not so good ones. And I think um, you know if he's going to really be the pitcher that he was last year, I think, and the pitcher that he can be, it's just going to come down to that. So um, it's a tough lineup. They're a good lineup. I know they've kind of underperformed a little bit, but. You know, you go basically one through eight. They're really good hitters, and uh, you got to have three pitches to to get him out. So, you know, he's always battling. And again, we have all the confidence in the world in Alec. And uh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna right the ship. It's just, um, you know, I'm sure it's it's frustrating for him, but it's uh, it's coming around. It's um, he's one of the best pitchers in the league for a reason. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, and John Schneider, that that's all he can say. Um about Alec Manoa. He's not pitching right now like he's one of the best pitchers in the league. He's just Absolutely not. It, it gets back to that sequencing, and you talked about it, and, and we're seeing the, the mental grind that he's going through. It's, it's one of those at-bats that you saw tonight where he went sinker in, sinker in. It's 0-2. Jeff, last year he would have emptied the tank with the slider. You know what he throws? Two change-ups in a row, and then he throws a really good slider to get a pop-out. Instead of a three-pitch at-bat, it's a – Six pitch at bats. It's, bat. the, it's yeah. those kind of at bats, right? It's it's the difference. You can't finish guys you, off. You, 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 he can't finish guys off. It's well, that it's, it's four. It's it's four and a third or six innings. That's the difference, right? Those are those are the difference between three pitch at bats and six pitch at bats. So I'm with John until he figures out the slider. I think we're going to continue to see exactly what we've been seeing. All right, let's talk about some of the moves that the uh, skipper made today. Now, uh, pinch hitting George Springer. George Springer didn't start today. Uh, apparently, he's still suffering from the virus he had in, in, in Boston, uh, although he's able to play some games uh, on the weekend against Pittsburgh. Uh, didn't start tonight. Uh, came into pinch hit with uh, a key situation with the bases loaded in the uh, seventh inning. Uh, strikes out uh, completely overmatched. Now, he's pinch hitting for Dalton Varsho. I get it. It's Gregory Soto. He's what? Uh, lefties are two for 22 with 10 strikeouts this year. Uh, against yeah. him but Kevin if you're not good enough to play right if, if 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 you've got a virus and you're not good enough to play like did he heal all of a sudden did he feel better in the seventh inning to the point where he could go out against a dude that nasty like I'd rather take my shot with Dalton Varsho that than I would with George Springer or maybe in that situation Danny Jansen I mean if you're sick if you can't play you can't play it seems that, it's, that's it, the way it, I look at it. It seems like he's sick enough to not be playing. Like, it, it, so you put him base, up in the get, biggest situation of the game. Well, I mean, again, I, I'm not saying it's right. I, I'm saying that you, he looked at the exact same stat that I looked at when I was wondering why you take your three hole hitter out who's been mashing baseballs, and then I see that 
left-handed hitters against once against Soto are two for 22 with 10 punches coming into the game. And you sort of figured that's why he was saving George Springer for that situation. But you could just tell George didn't have it. Like he, he, his swing looks sick. Like, I don't think you can say it any other way than that. And that's just one of those situations where I think sometimes maybe that's where, you know, you got to have a little bit better feel and, and, you know, if he's fully healthy and he's not sick, 100% you make that move. That makes a lot of sense. But it just, again, when you know your player's not feeling 100% and then you still run him up there, yeah, again, that's when you get the finger pointed at you when it doesn't work and it didn't work. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on the bullpen tonight, particularly Nate Pearson and, and, and Trevor Richards? Well, again, do you run Tim Mace out in the sixth inning? You know, that's all we heard was, you know, you want to when you bring Nate Pearson in, you want to give him a clean inning. That because on the road, this is probably what it'll look like. Against a good lineup, against a, a team that you're gonna have to throw your slider. I've said this to you. I'm okay with the high octane velocity. Looks like he's throwing it with conviction. But how about the secondary pitches? And what hurt him tonight was the slider. When he needed the slider, he couldn't throw the slider. Like that's you know, you're throwing it, you're overthrowing it. Either it's the situation that you're being put in. Or it's just one of those where your slider and your curveball is not always great, right? It's great against teams that probably can't hit the high-octane velocity. You feel a little bit more frisky about attacking the zone. But you face the Phillies who are going to make you work for it, aren't going to chase the slider as much, and can hit velocity. And that's sort of what you saw. So, yeah, Trevor Richards, I got no issue with that. Trevor Richards has been great. I mean, the the changeup eliminates people. I got no issues with whenever they use him, how much they use him. And Swanson against Marsh, the split finger that he hit, that's a good pitch. I mean, it's an elevated split finger and then a split finger down at the knees. I got no issues with that. I got no problem. I got no problem sending. That's a hot hitter that hit a good pitch. You got, I got no bones about that. So no, I got no problem sending, sending Swanson out there. I don't know about Richards going out for another inning. I mean, it's about the scoreboard, right? You got your high, you got your highest leverage guys. When you got the lead, you got your guys when it's you're losing. Trevor Richards is one of those guys. It seems like you pitch when you're losing. Yeah. That's why he ran him back out there again. It gets back to the thing where it's, it's <laughs> every single time a guy makes a move and they give up a run. He's been on our show and said it before that he's not always going to use the exact guy in the right spot. There is a bunch of guys down there that are going to have to step it up in situations when they get called on. And it just seems like for whatever reason, you know, against some decent teams that that's just not what we're starting to see here. So, yeah, I got, again, like I, I maybe if you get for me anyway, if you point one finger, why'd you run Tim Mesa back out there? Run Nate Pearson back out there, give him a clean inning. Maybe this, you know, you could at least give your offense a chance late in the game to face all those dudes throwing a 300 miles an hour to get the head out and, and actually get a big hit. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. The Philadelphia Phillies beating the Blue Jays 8-4. to uh, Not a good night for Alec Manoa. Bo Bichette, good night for Bo Bichette. A, uh, a, a, a long double and, uh, and, and, and a home run to the opposite field. I mean, Bo hitting out of the leadoff spot tonight in George Springer's absence. And, uh, you know, the bottom of the order, Merrifield and Kiermaier, got it going a little bit, but uh, Kiermaier in particular had a, had, had a good night. Um, probably not the best Aaron Nola. Well, Aaron Nola hasn't had a great year to begin with this year. Um, I got the sense that he was there for the, for the beating tonight, but, uh, but the Jays. The Jays weren't able to do it. Uh, speaking about 
the decision to use George Springer in the pinch hit situation. John Schneider was asked post game about that decision. This is how he answered the question. Tough ask for him. Um, you know, we're kind of hoping to catch lightning in a bottle there a little bit. You know, I know Varsha's swinging the bat really well. It's the same. You can say the same thing for Swanee. You know, bringing him into a you know, really hard spot there. Bases loaded, nobody out against Marsh. Um, and, you, you know, you're hoping for, you know, a big play or a big pitch from guys that you really trust. And uh, tonight wasn't it. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how you respond to that. But yeah. don't. <laughs> I, look, I, the only the only thing that I have an issue with if Dalton Varsho because of Springer not being in the lineup is your three hole hitter. That is the probably the biggest at bat of the game. Have a little faith in your three hole hitter. Yeah, no, I'm with you in that completely. Eight four, the Phillies beating the Blue Jays. The first of two games. A reminder: tomorrow's game is a early start. It's just after four o'clock Eastern. On Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. We'll take a break and come back, take a look at the Bet365 standings update. It's Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Okay, Blue Jays has always been and always will be a fantastic wedding song. This is Toronto Blue Jays baseball on the Sportsnet radio network. I feel like they kind of extended our bats. Felt like it threw about seven pitches to every hitter, you know? Um, just tried to compete as, as much as I could and um, try and get some quick outs, you know, and just uh, try and get that offense back out there. You know, I feel like they did a good job of uh, extending at bats and kind of not swinging uh, some of the chase pitches. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I was only able to go four and two thirds. You know, stuff's good enough. I really don't, don't need to be trying to paint corners or anything. I just need to get back to attacking hitters uh, with my best stuff and um, make them come beat me. You know, I'm kind of beating myself a little bit. That was Alec Manoa after uh, tonight's performance. And uh, it was a very brief media session, about 90 seconds in total, I'm told. But, I mean, really. What are you going to say? Exactly. He knows that what we know. He certainly sees what we're seeing. He certainly yeah. sees what the opposing team is telling him. So, I mean, it's it, it's really at this point. And and I don't mean this to sound dramatic, but honestly, at this point, uh, I mean, the talk is irrelevant. There there has to be production. There has to be a change. And it's as simple as that. And anything anybody says about it, whether it's us or Alec Noah or Pete Walker or John Schneider or whomever, um, as, as Kevin says, if if he doesn't have the slider, it's just, you know what, Just let's we'll save that interview and rerun it next start because it's going to be the same damn thing. Especially, and I can't stress this enough, you got you got good lineups now. Now you're facing huh. you are into the the jaws Me. of a really oh. difficult part of you. You got the Braves coming in. You got the mm. the uh, Rays and and you got the Ast the or, the Orioles. Like you've got <laughs> you better you make some, some big good boys coming your to point. Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, again, that that's it's been the same old story. All year, 416-870-0590, star 591, triple eight, triple six, zero five ninety. Time now for the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games. You can build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played 
19 plus play responsibly Ontario only. We had Kylie McDaniel on Kevin a little earlier. Uh, well, today on on Blair and Barker, he formerly worked in the front office of the uh, of the Atlanta Braves. He now works for ESPN, and we we're talking about the Baltimore Orioles and the Rays. And I said to him, you know, the headline in MLB.com was yesterday was Rays beat Orioles in Battle of AL's best. And I said, did you think that we'd be talking about the Orioles and the Rays as being the AL's best in May 10th? And we all kind of chuckled about it. Then Kylie made a point about the Orioles and where they are and what they've done. And he said, look, everybody's sort of trying to tap into what the Rays are doing. That's why so many former Rays general managers are now general managers someplace else. But he said the Orioles are the next template. They are the next team that everybody is going to want to look at. Well, tonight, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, their top pitching prospect, had uh, five and two-thirds really good innings. Adley Rushman hit a a laser beam home run. The Baltimore Orioles beat Tampa Bay 4-2 tonight. And um, as a result of that, the Orioles are now you look at the ALE standings. The Orioles are now twenty-three and thirteen. Uh, the Rays twenty-nine and eight. The Toronto Blue Jays, who lost tonight, are twenty-one and fifteen. New York put the boots. The Yankees put the boots to uh, to the, the Oakland Athletics. Thing in baseball. Yeah, Aaron Judge returning. And uh, I didn't. I was just trying to see what the Boston Red Sox were up to here. Um, they were playing Atlanta. I know they were in. I know they were in tough against Atlanta. Atlanta, by the way, put Max Freed. Uh, yeah, Atlanta beat them 9-3. Uh, Atlanta put Max Freed on the IL. He's going to be gone for a while. Uh, and uh, so the, the Red Sox are now 21-16. and So, again, the standings, 29-8 and for the Rays, 23-13 and for the Orioles. The Orioles are already 10 over. Uh, the Blue Jays are 21-15, and Boston 21-16. The Yankees 20 and 17 and uh as, as we mentioned this is a uh this is the tough part of the this is the meaty part of the schedule uh for the toronto blue jays kevin i wanted to talk about a play that um that, that kind of got that, that got my attention uh and and i have to admit when it developed it developed so quickly i wasn't entirely certain how I wasn't entirely certain what happened is what I'm going to say. I guess that's probably the easiest the easiest way to uh put it. But um I the play involved a uh ball hit to Kevin Kiermaier and um Kevin Kiermaier kind of it, it was with Trey Turner at the play. Kind of tries a fadeaway throw to second base mm-hmm. and uh you know the result of it Anyhow, Brandon Marsh ends up scoring standing up from first base. Now, there were two outs. But I want you to walk through that play for me because my first thought was, okay, Springer's thrown to the wrong cutoff, man, because you can see see Bo in the picture and you can see Santiago Espinal at second base getting the ball. There's a very simple rule here, and I I want you to talk about it. There's, there's There's a very simple way to break down this play, isn't there? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's all about the outs, right? It, it, with with one out and a guy running, you want to keep the double play in order. You would probably turn and throw that ball to second base. With two outs, the goal is most of the time is, is to hit the cutoff guy. And because Santiago Espinal is not one of the cutoff men, is because Brandon Marsh was running with two outs and he's covering the play, right? So that he's covering second base. That's exactly what you have to do. Bo Bichette is going out to be the cutoff guy, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is just going to be the guy that covers to be the second cutoff guy. If it reaches Vladdy, Brandon Marsh, I should have started this, will score regardless. He's a very good base runner. He's fast enough that he gets a good jump at first with two outs. He's scoring on a ball that's hit to right center, no matter where they, they throw the baseball. The goal is to hit the cutoff guy, when in doubt, do that. Kevin Kiermaier does this all the time. He always tries to keep the guy at first base to keep the double play in order. Just so happens there was two outs and you don't need a double play. So that's why the runner scores. There you go. Broke it down very easily. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Did you know that vehicles rust faster in warmer weather? As the weather warms and we all get ready for summer, make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for your nearest location. For the Philadelphia Phillies have beaten the Toronto Blue Jays. Good night from Toronto.